you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. bless you. Thank you for being here on this Sunday evening. This past week I was talking to Brother Reading and actually maybe it was a week or so ago I was talking to Brother Reading and he has his church in Greenfield has had a a run-in with COVID and or maybe they've been ran over by COVID and he has had a large number of people that have been sick, and so he had to cancel service last week, and this week he had more cases of COVID being called in, and so more and more people getting sick, so he canceled service this week, and uh, so I just felt like, you know what, he isn't going to sit at home on Sunday night and twiddle his thumbs, so we invited him to come to Frankfurt and preach for us. Aren't you glad to have Pastor John reading with us? We want you to come open your heart. We love you. You're at home in Frankfurt. God bless you. Preach. Oh, let's lift up the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Come on, we can do better than that. Lift him up. Lift him up. Lift him up. Lift him up. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's glorious. He's mighty. He's awesome. He's a healer. He's my savior. He's my deliverer. Oh, yes, he is. Ah, mighty, 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 mighty God. Don't you love him? Don't you love him? Where would I be without the Lord? Jesus in your name. It is good to be with you, 2 Chronicles 7 and 14. Very familiar passage of scripture, one of my favorite in all of the Bible. And I'm in one of my favorite places right here, right now. Love CLC Frankfurt, love the church family, love your pastoral family. They're like family to us. And uh, love this church, awesome people. If you're new here, you've found an incredible place. You ain't going to find no better place than this right here. That's all right. That's truth. That's truth. The presence of the Lord is here. Hey, if you need a healing, it's here. If you need deliverance, it's here. If you need salvation, I don't know what you're waiting for. It's here. It's ready for you. Oh, hallelujah. You can receive it right where you are. You don't even have to get to the altar. You can just receive it. Receive the Holy Ghost. 
If you've not had an infilling for a while, get one right now. I wish to God somebody that was cold in your spirit, dried up, not knowing what you're even doing here, but I pray that something would begin to beat inside of you again. You'd come alive in the Holy Ghost. Let God do a work in you. Do a work in your spirit. Do a work in your mind. Do a work in your heart. Do a work in your thoughts. Do a work in... Ah, hallelujah. The presence of the Lord is here right now. Woo! Jesus in your name. Hallelujah. My God, it feels good. If my people, ah, I love the possessive aspect of that pronunciation. My people, my people, called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their lamb. How many of you know our land needs a healing? Mm, somebody look around and say, our land needs a healing. Tell the person beside you, we need a healing. Why doesn't it start here right now? What would happen if something broke out in this church that got a hold of this community, that got a hold of this county, that got a hold of this state, that got a hold of the Midwest, and someone would say, I remember on a sunny night something happened. God began to pour out his spirit. Come on, we're thinking too small. If all we can consider is how I feel and how you feel, we got a world that needs a miracle. And God is going to use this church. God is going to use this congregation. Amen. Not just your pastor and the pastoral team. God's going to use you in the back, you on the right, you on the left. He's going to use the children. He's going to use the elders. He's going to use the new folk. He's going to use us all. Amen. This is our hour. Right now, right now, right now. In the name of Jesus, you may be seated. This passage is familiar, and because of its familiarity, we read through it, we apply the filters that we have associated with this passage. I'm not come to preach anything new and fancy tonight, but allow me to share with you something God gave me. I know that this building is full of scholars, scriptorians, and people very learned in the Word of God. And so you probably already have this little revelation. Just, just, just let me allow you, allow me to share with you what God has given me. And maybe it'll help somebody in this place. So we want to go right into the miraculous. Tell me about, tell me about the healing of the land and the forgiving of the sin and the hearing from heaven. What would happen if right now we knew we had a direct connection to the throne of God? <laughs> ah, 
what would you do right now if you knew there was an unfettered connection between you and the throne? What would you do right now if you knew you had the ear of God and there was no distraction between you and him? I got a feeling some of us that a sit back feeling sorry for ourselves would come alive and say, if I have your ear, then would you listen to me for just a moment? And that's good. That's all right. Can I tell you, the passage doesn't start there. It talks about praying. Seeking his face and turning from wicked ways. We get that. We're people of Acts 2.38. We know all about repenting. And that repenting isn't something you just do the initial elements of salvation. I need an altar every day. I need an altar every morning. I need a place to get on my face and say, God, I give you the good and the bad. I give you my strengths and my weaknesses. I give it all. I need to crawl on an altar, submit and surrender, not just when I've done something wrong, but when I'm getting some things right. I need an altar to crawl back on and say, I am I where I need to be, doing what I should be, thinking what I should be thinking. Thank God for an altar of repentance. I want to focus our attention tonight for a few minutes if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves. So if you'd allow me, we're just going to talk to you about the called and the humble. Called and the humble. Tonight as we sit here, we live in a place that was once called the new world. There was a day where paradise was not paved over with parking lots and shopping centers. But it was wilderness, it was wild, it was undeveloped and untamed. And there were those who of kingdoms afar who sent their explorers into the vast unknowns, sailing the seas of which they did not know what was on the other side of the horizon. They were driven by desire to discover, and they came to find a land in which they could stake their claim. Oh, hallelujah. Planting the flag of their nationality and declaring over their newfound possession a name. They announced their intent. We will possess it and dwell it. We will cultivate it and develop it. And we will defend and protect our investment in it. That is what being called is all about. When they stood on the sandy shores that they had never seen before, one of the first things they would do was call out a name over the new land. May I present to you who have been baptized in the name of Jesus that baptism in the name is not merely an exercise of semantics, but it is a claiming. It is a claiming of a sovereign king who says, I will dwell in it, I will develop it, and 
I will defend it. Oh, what you don't know was that day that desperation drove you to repentance and baptism in the name of Jesus. It was more than about just easing your conscience. It was more than just you wanted saved. But there was one on the other side of the equation that said, let me tell you what I'm getting. I'm getting a place to put my name. <laughs> I'm getting a place to dwell. I'm getting something that I can develop. I'm going to take it and I'm going to use it. And I'm getting a place I will defend, I will protect, and I will keep with everything that I have. And you and I are a product of that covenant. <laughs> oh, you got more than you ever knew when you were baptized in the name of Jesus. Let's talk about that indwelling. Kings did not send their emissaries crossed oceans unknown simply to plant a flag and then leave it behind and let it grow tattered. But they said, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to send shiploads of material and cargo, cargo and people and the land that we possess, we are going to take it. I got news for you. That's older than the foundation of this country because our God sent a man out from his own homestead. And he said, Abram, I'm calling you out from your people. You're going to walk through a wilderness. And wherever you put your foot, that is going to be the inheritance of your children. Amen. Your children will be as the sand of the shore and as the stars of the night sky. And wherever you walk, it may not be in your lifetime, but there is coming behind you a people that will possess it, that will be greater than we can number. I've come to tell somebody that there is something about the possessing the good Lord when he put his name on us. He didn't stop there. But he said, that which I put my name in, I am going to dwell in it. That's why you can't stop at repentance. That's why you can't stop at baptism. That's why you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sin. But we go on to say, and you shall receive the gift. Not maybe, not you might, not you could. But he said, anything I put my name on, it's because I intend to dwell in it. He's going to walk all over your life. He's going to put his footsteps everywhere you live. He's going to walk, oh my Lord in heaven. He don't want to just be a Sunday night Savior. He wants to be a Monday morning Lord. He's going to walk in your house. He's going to walk in your closet. He's going to walk through your living room. He's going to possess everything you got. He's going to walk with you on the job. He's going to walk with you in the areas of your entertainment. He's going to walk because anything else he calls, he names. If he called you, if he named you, he's going to possess you. He's going to take your time. He'll take your finances. He'll take every element of your life because that which he calls, he intends to dwell. Jesus. Some of you getting nervous. I kind of like Sunday, Jesus. I'm not sure about Monday, Jesus. Well, you're going to go places 
some closets and we keep locks. Preachers come and don't let them in that back room. Oh, he never done that before. But if he calls us and he applies his name, he's going to dwell. Not part, but all of our life. Every element of our life. Every area of our life. With this comes additional blessing. Because he cannot develop our life unless he has access to our life. Mm. Some of us wondering why we have not become all that we thought God had promised. Could it be that we've not given him access to all of our life? Because that which he puts his name upon, he intends to indwell all of it. And it's only when he indwells all of us that he can influence affect and change us. So I've come to the conclusion that if I'm going to do this thing, then I'm going to open every door. I'm going to open every cabinet. I'm going to open every hiding place. I'm going to open up every secret spot. I don't want to keep anything. The old song says, I'm yours, Lord. Everything I got, everything I am, everything I'm not, I'm yours. Lord, take me and see. And so tonight, I'm that. God, you can't develop me. You can't make me what I need to be. You can't turn me into the best me possible unless you have all of me. That's why I need an altar to climb back on every once in a while because he ain't done working on me. Keep working, Jesus. Don't quit halfway. Your word says you finish what you start. Let that be untrue in me. Don't let my will be an obstacle to your work, but turn me upside down. Turn me inside out. Take me from the top of my head to the sole of my feet because I want you to do a work in me that I could never do in myself. We who are indwelt by his spirit are spirit developed. And thank God for it. Not the man I used to be. I don't walk like I used to walk. I don't think like I used to think. I don't act like I used to act. Who are you? I'm a new creature in Christ. Behold, old things have passed away. All things are made new. Does anybody understand that when we are called, you say, well, I feel like I'm called. Are you called? Because when you're called, you're renamed. <laughs> you got a new identity. Hallelujah. We've died out to the old, and we're becoming something new. He has indwelled us. He is working on us. He is working in us because he wants to work through us. Oh, hear me today. You can't be worked through unless you've been worked on. Give me a ministry pastor, but are you willing to be worked on? Give me a title and give me a calling, but are you willing to be worked on? Because he can't work through anybody that he's not worked on. He's going to work on attitudes. He's going to work on ideas. He's going to work on our thinking. He's going to work on our ways. Uh, 
and he's going to challenge us so that he can change us. But if we're willing to be changed, if we're willing to be changed, if we're willing to be changed, if we die out to self, if we surrender our will to him, if we're willing to be changed, then we get the next thing because anybody that's ever staked the claim says I'm going to possess it and I'm going to indwell it and I'm going to develop it but that which I've worked on and that which I've called by my name I'm going to keep it let someone try to take it from me and I'll tell them where they can go and he tells death get back where you belong because I'm not done with them yet oh there's some benefit and blessing to being called he tells poverty you can hinder but you can't stop them he tells pain you can try them and afflict them but you're not going to have your way because they're mine and I know how to take care of what belongs to me So when you think you can't make it another step, ask yourself, do I have the name? Because if you got his name, you're going to be all right. He knows how to care for what belongs to him. downtown this week, saw some sweet young upstart ladies walking oblivious to the punks that were behind them. My wife, something in her nature, she stopped. What are you stopping? I said, make sure them girls are okay. Oh, let's see what's going on. Saw some fellas didn't understand who they were following. Didn't understand. All they saw was pretty dresses and long hair. I thought, you know, I said, they're acting up behind me. I said, we're not moving until we see that they're okay. And I looked at myself, gout afflicted, overweight, muscles atrophied. And I told her, I said, I can throw a shoe at them. Problem was, I got two shoes, and there was three of them. I had to borrow one of yours. We watched. They were fine. They got to where they were going disturbed. There was a difference. Well, I'd have done anything I could have to defend if something had happened. I got a sweet little baby girl. She's flying in. My granddaughter's coming in in the morning. You let somebody look wrong at sweet little baby. And I got news for you. Roly poly or not, I'm going to muster everything I got. If I have to borrow a Buick and run over you, you ain't going to touch her. (laughs) I'll go to jail. I'll go to prison. I'll go wherever I got to go. But you ain't going to mess with her because she's mine. 
I've fallen in love with her. She's fallen in love with me. I'm her pops. She's my baby girl. There's something about it you ain't going to met. Oh, Jesus, I wish to God there's some people here that's struggling, doubt, despair, discouragement, depression, and all these other things are hanging around, uh, following you around, acting all cute behind you, acting like they're going to jump on you. But there's somebody that's watching you saying, I got news for you. Oh, my God is rolling up his sleeves. The anger of the Lord is about to come out on someone's head and say, don't you mess with my children. Don't you, they're mine. David said, give me a token that my enemy, you know what a token is? It's an emblem that says I belong to the kingdom of such and such. David was a mighty man, but he said, my sword's not big enough. But if you will give me an emblem, if you will give me a token, I can ride through the enemy camp. Ain't nobody going to touch me. Why? Because you touch him. You, you deal with him. And that's where some of us are tonight. You're living beneath your potential because there's somebody that you have his name. You're tolerating too much. Pastor, the Lord wasn't my behind a while back. But the book of Revelation says, you tolerated that Jezebel spirit. And I got that when I needed it because I was tolerating some messages. There's some spirits playing around with some saints in our church. And I had to do the dirty work of standing up and saying that spirit ain't coming in here. And if you're going to attach yourself to that spirit, you're going to have to leave with the spirit because that spirit ain't coming here because the one who hired me, and that wasn't any of you, but the one who hired me told me I got a problem with you because you tolerating some stuff. There's some spirits bothering my kids. There's some spirits bothering my children. I don't want to upset the apple cart. I don't want to offend anybody. But the Lord said, I'm going to be offended at you if you don't take care of this. This is no reflection of this church or the pastor. I'm just talking my experience, but I come to the conclusion he don't like anything messing with his babies. So there's some spirits. There's some, there's some things in the spirit realm that's been afflicting you, and you thought it was your problem. No, sweet darling. That's a godly, ungodly spirit that's tried to invade your home. It's invading your thoughts. It's invading your marriage. It's invading your finances. It's invading your children. It's invading your life, and it's time for somebody to stand up and say enough is enough. We are claimed by the name of the Lord. That ain't happening in this house. My God in heaven, you're not coming into this marriage. You're not coming into this home. You're not coming into this house. You ain't coming into this church. You might as well get on out of here. We're people of the name, not just any name, but in the name of Jesus. Every, de every devil, every demon, and every darkness it has to being called I'm called oh Jesus I'm not going to mess up being called is more than just ministry being called is an identity 1 Peter 2 and 9 but ye everybody say that's me ye are me but ye are chosen generation. 
a royal priesthood and a holy nation. That sounds to me like a claimed land. <laughs> Where are we? Where have we landed? You've landed in the name, in the land of the name of Jesus. You've come upon the shore that is blood-bought because this is a chosen generation. This is a royal priesthood. This is a holy nation. This is a holy nation. You are a holy nation. Your house is a holy nation. Your church is a holy nation. A peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who called. You're called. That's what it means to be called. Out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now, now, I got just a little bit more. Can I go a little further? Oh, Jesus, help me. If we understand, if we understand who we are, if we understand what that has done for us, being the called, then what about the humble? Because we're not going to hear from heaven without the calling and humility. Can I tell you? That there's something about being near him, close to him, drawn to him, that gives us authority. There's another effect of being close to him, humility. How many of you think you're pretty humble? Some people say, well, I'm the most humble person you ever meet. But there's humility. Fruits of the Spirit aren't the things you do. If you don't have the fruit of the Spirit, you can't buy them. You, you can't develop them. They are the effect or the fruit of the Spirit. If you're lacking the fruit of the Spirit, you can't go to the Spirit store and buy a few apples and tack them onto your tree and say, now nah, I got it. you got to let the Spirit develop. So the whole development part. He not only will put his name, but he's going to develop through the Spirit. And so being near him develops a true sense of humility. Here's why, here's, here's, here's why, here's why I think we've got to understand. Humility is not beating ourselves up or putting ourselves in a low position. It's not about seeing how low can I get. Can I tell you, the same spirit that recognizes that, that you know, I'm down here and I'm going to pull everybody down to where I am, that is the same spirit of pride that exalts ourselves over others. Let me say it again. Let me, let me rephrase it. Pride, if it can't get us to push ourselves above others, it'll pull others down to our level. And so walking around saying, oh, woe is me, look how bad I am. It's not humility. Humility is what happens when we get close to God. It can't happen any other way. Humility is what happens when we get close to God. If you don't believe me, let me prove it.
David. There was none greater, the Bible says, than John the Baptist. But John the Baptist says in 3 and 30, he says, I must, he must increase that I decrease. He that cometh from above is above all. He that is earth is earthly and speaketh of the earth. He that cometh from heaven is of, and there was none greater than John the Baptist until a greater than he come. And when the greater than he come, it put John's position into perspective. We cannot have the perspective of who we are if we are not near the one who is greater. I know we're doing a little Bible study here. But you cannot have humility without relationship with one who is absolutely without humility in the sense that God is great. He is greater than all and he is above all. And so it is awareness of his greater. In other words, the more he is exalted, the more clearly it becomes our position. David said this in Psalms 8:4. What is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that visiteth him? Now that's awesome and that's great and it's an incredible position of humility. Yet it is not stand by itself. You cannot have Psalms 4 without Psalms 3. Psalms 3 says, when I consider... When I consider the heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained. I, I propose to you there are two things that, that promotes humility. It is the consideration of God and who he is. And it is the wonderment that comes as a result. It is the consideration and it is the wonderment. It is the consideration and it is the wonderment. You cannot have who am I that you would even be mindful of me if we have not considered considered who he is and fallen into a place of all strickenness at the greatness that he is. But when we see who it is of which we are talking, suddenly the greatest thing that we have ever accomplished and whatever we are falls in pale comparison. The mighty conqueror David who had developed his country into its greatest apex looked around at the wonder of his kingdom, but he said, what is this? Considering the stars above, who am I and who are we that you would even consider it? position, which is humility, until we first have a revelation of who we are, of he is, who he is, and what he's done. But when we have a Psalms 3, then we can have a Psalms 4, and then it puts us in a place of wonderment. And many of the writers of the Old Testament said a phrase like this, these things are too wonderful for me. May I remind you that when it was spoken of the one that was to come, it said his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. I propose to you, and I heard it wonderfully preached, that the first name of God is Wonderful. If we lose 
lose a sense of the awe and the wonderment of who he is, then nothing else matters. We got to get a sense of reverence and respect and appreciation for the greatness of our God before he can ever be our counselor and our peace and our savior. But when we see him high and lifted up, when we see him exalted, then we see his place and we understand our place. And that's where worship comes from. Oh, Jesus, help me, because worship ain't this and worship ain't that. But worship is when we see who he is, and yet he still loves me. Ah, when I see what he's made, and he still blesses me. When I see what he's done, and he still wants me, then something inside my soul erupts with a song and a salutation. How wonderful, how wonderful, how wonderful is the Lord. Worship cannot happen until we see who he is, understand who we are, and then we can be not just the called, but we can be the humble. And there's something about the humble because David followed those things up. Verse 9 says, how excellent. Is your name in all the earth. Verse 9 and 1 says, I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will show forth thy wonderful works. I will be glad and rejoice in thee. I will sing my praise to you. I don't want to hear someone sing that doesn't know who he is and who they are. But you tell me somebody that has got a good look at their Savior and realizes the relationship with themselves and they can sing. Like David sang, who would sing like this? Bless the Lord. Not my lips, not my hands, not my feet, but bless the Lord. Oh, my soul and all that is within me. Blessed be his holy name. You can juke, you can die. You can even run your riffs, but when you know who he is and who you are. So, the blessing and the humble is what you're never going to get. Till I will hear from heaven. I will heal your land. Until we know who we are as the called and the humble. <laughs> I wonder what would happen if somebody in this church tonight that feels like the least of the least would realize that every day about who your daddy's name is, doesn't matter where you come from, how long you've been around church. Where are you going? But are you called? Well, Pastor, I don't have any, you know, uh, direction in ministry. I'm not, I'm not sure I'm going to a mission field. I don't know that I'm called. I'm not asking you what sort of vocation you have in the field of ministry. Are you called by his name? 
Are you called by his name? Are you indwelt by his spirit? Are you being cultivated by his presence? Are you protected because of that identity? And have you come to understand who you are in him? He is over you and take a place where worship. Come on. David got himself in a myriad of issues, troubles and messes, but he worshiped his way out of it. He worshiped his way out of it. Now let me let me contrast that. That doesn't mean we can go honky-tonking on Saturday night, sleeping around on Friday night, come to church on Sunday night and start shouting around and say, well, I felt good, so it's okay. That, that, that ain't worship. That ain't worship. You can make noise. You can even praise him. If you don't believe me, look at the demoniac in Gadara who was bound by a thousand devils and he could still fall at the feet of Jesus. And... But there's something about the sound of the redeemed. There's something about the blood-bought and those who have a relationship with him. And so what I'm trying to tell somebody is, amen, that if we're going to see the outpouring that God has promised in this community that's going to spread to this county and all across the state of Indiana, yeah, we got to turn from our ways. Yes, we got to call in the name of the Lord in prayer. But it's the humble and the called who change heaven and bring it to earth. I want you to stand all over this place tonight. There's somebody in this house. God's calling you. There's somebody in this place. Maybe you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus. Thought it was just simply doctrinal differences, that it would be different than any other formula. I got news for you. It matters in whose name you're baptized. And there's water. Why don't you get baptized tonight? Why don't you just make your way out of your pew and run to the front of this house and get covered by that name and enter covenant with such a one? Maybe you've been around church long enough. You say, well, I used to come to church and feel the presence of God, but it's been so long. You know, some people do. They say, well, maybe it's time I go to a different church. Take that mess with you. You take that junk with you. It ain't needing a different church or even a different pew. It's coming to the conclusion. There's a guy who worked in the tabernacle of David. Asaph was one of the greatest songwriters of the Psalms. He claimed this sometime. That's what he used to do. David said, this is what you're going to do. You're going to be a cymbal player. And Asaph is particularly vulnerable when he revealed. So I began to watch people go by the house of God. They didn't come to church. They didn't, and they just kept getting blessed. And he said, I'm standing there. All I do is bang cymbals. Ain't got to be more to life than this. He got stuck in a rut in church. And he lost the wonder of where he was at. Sister Martha just passed away. Her husband, she and her husband were, she's my dad's longtime secretary. Jack was a wonderful pillar of our church. They moved out of state due to work.
and he traveled most of his career. So he was often gone. He spent many early formative years in our congregation and our prayer room. Jack showed up at our door one day, and I was working at the church, and he said, Brother Reedy, can I just take a walk through and see this place? He said, it's been many, many, many years since we've attended here, but he said, it still has a special place in my heart. Sure, sure. And he begins to walk through and see some changes we made to the building. He looks around, and we get up to the front, and he didn't notice the new instruments. He didn't know that he noticed the technology. He just saw the doors off to the side, and he said, is that still the prayer room? Do you mind if I go back in the prayer room and just, just see the prayer room? Sure, Brother Blevins, absolutely. And I watched this giant of a man walk back into that hallway. And he got about halfway into it, Brother Jordan, and he fell on his knees. And he fell to his face and began to groan. And he went back up. And I've never heard a more beautiful plaintiff before God than what he did that day. Oh, God, you saved my children here. You healed my son, Curry. You did so many wonderful things. And he began to worship the Lord. And I watched this man broken fall on his face in the middle of the afternoon, just taking a tour of his own church building as he wept before the Lord because of his goodness. And he, he dries his tears, he collects himself, and he gets up and he says, I'm so sorry, Brother Reedy. I didn't mean to take your time, and I didn't mean to interrupt whatever you're doing. He said, but I couldn't walk through this room without it overwhelming me what God had done here. That's good. But how many times that I walked through there was just a hallway to me, just a corridor, just a place to get from here to there. Oh, yeah, we light it up on Sunday morning. You come. We'll, we'll heat that prayer room up. But on Saturday and on Monday, it was just a place to get from here to there. But to somebody who was humble, he couldn't get through the corridor without falling on his face and thanking God what would happen to some of us. We got our baskets and our bags and we're walking to our classroom to teach for the umpteenth time and we're, we're tired and we're weary. We're exhausted. But suddenly it would hit us what we're doing and we would fall to our face and thank God for the opportunity to put our handprints on those children. I wonder how many of you choir members Walking in here on a practice, another practice, another practice, another practice. Oh, God, can we have enough practices? But suddenly it would hit you. I have been called out and selected to entertain the king, to usher in the presence of God before his holy people. What an honor. What a privilege. Oh, Jesus, what am I doing here? Thank you for allowing me to sing one more time. And I was glad. Come on, church. Come on, please. Would you step out of your pews and make your way to the front? This team is about ready to take us into the presence of the Lord. I wish to God somebody would consider where am I right now? Ha, ha. Lord, I want you to rain from heaven. I want you to hear from heaven. I want you to pour out miracles, signs, and wonders. I want you to do all the things that you say you do. I want you to heal and save our land. But God, let me be called in the Lord. 